Welcome to another episode of Money Making Markets. I'm Ash, of course, your favorite market show, your favorite show, period. Let's just get put that out there. Favorite podcast, whatever you want to call it. Welcome back to another week of Money Making Markets. We have tons of news and information to get into, as always. Share this with your friends and family. Let's get them going. Let's have them join the Money Making Markets community. We're just going to continue sharing information, continue to build up the platform as best as we can. It's going to take some time, but hey, that's what we're here for. Nothing great comes easy comes without working and you know you just got to put in the work and we're going to continue to share information get people ready to learn and that's how we're just going to do it so another week of money making markets let's get it Disclaimer, as always, the content provided is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be construed as professional financial advice. The information provided is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your qualified financial professional with any question you may have regarding your personal financial situation. As always, guys, just make sure you do your own research, make sure to double check and just do your overall due diligence. That's how you learn for yourself and you learn the best. So the stock stock market this week, the Dow Industrials, Dow Jones 30 and SP, SP, S&P 500, these two indexes fell narrowly, while the Nasdaq Composite, they it posted slightly marginal gains at 0.5%. So investors are still basically honed in on the Fed and what the Fed is going to decide to do in the future. So last week, Federal Chairman Powell and some of the members of the Fed, they said that they're still likely to raise interest rates in the future. So as you can remember, the stock market to begin the year, to begin January, it was on a very bullish trend. Many investors, they were honing in on a bet that the Fed would be more likely to either stop raising interest rates for the year ratherly sooner or decrease the rate that they increase interest rates to about a quarter of a point, which they did in the last Fed meeting. However, Chairman Powell and the Fed board members, they've indicated that the war on inflation is going to be persisting longer. And that sentiment right there from Chairman Powell and the other board members, that has kind of spooked investors into what they had initially thought to begin the year, that the Fed was going to slow down the rate at which they increase interest rates and just basically cut rate raising interest rates for the future. So with this sentiment basically switching, investors aren't pouring in as much money into the market and they aren't and some have actually reeled out some money in their previous investments, taking money out of the stock market, obviously with the Fed looking to keep interest rates higher for a longer period of time to tame down inflation to about Oh, to tame down inflation to about their goal of 2%. So that has led to what you could see in the picture on the index performance to the S&P 500 falling down 0.5%, as well as the Dow Jones 30, which also fell this week. So 
Infl- inflation data and commentary from Fed officials this week have damped the blockbuster rally that started the year. For weeks, stocks rose and yields fell as investors grew more hopeful about a slowdown in inflation and a likely end to interest rate increases, which is not really going to happen. <laughs> like I said, two se- there were also two separate sets of inflation data this week that came in higher than economists had expected. We're about to get into that in the next slide. The Fed has set a 4.5% to 4.75% target rate target range for its short-term rate and its next due to a reassess in late March. So basically we're just going to be continually be in a game of you know cat and mice. The investors, traders, and analysis in the market are going to be observing the Fed and the Fed's comments and how they proceed in the future with raising interest rates or keeping interest rates at the same rate or whatnot. So it was just a another week for the stock market. Not too much, not too, not too much for it. Just mild gains and mild losses. So there are important economic data sets that came in this week uh, regarding inflation. And this was the core price index and the consumer price indexes. So in the latest report from the Labor Department on Tuesday, report that overall consumer prices rose a seasonally adjusted 0.5% in January from December. So a mild gain, mild rise in prices and consumer prices. Now, when you consider taking out volatile food and energy prices from the regular consumer price index report, a lot of times analysts will look towards the core price index, which takes away, again, volatile food prices and energy prices such as gas, that's a more key assessment to see where inflation truly stands in the current economic climate. So a lot of times they look towards the core price index because it's just a better way to evaluate inflation. And that also rose 0.4% in January. So on a year-over-year basis, the downward trend in inflation remained intact. However, inflation is showing less progress than economists had previously expected. So inflation is slowly on a rise. However, if you look at it from a trend to trend from where we have been over the year, it is trending downward. So the Fed raising interest rates has been working. However, inflation is still being very persistent in being around here. So it hasn't been going down at the rate as it was Priorly, prior, previously before. So core prices were up 5.6% versus an expected 5.5%. So a little bit over. Um, and then when you look over the full consumer price index, it was up 6.4% from January versus expectations for a 6.2% gain. So just slightly over. Federal Chairman Powell, again, Last week said that the process of getting inflation down to the central bank's 2% target is probably going to be bumpy, basically saying that the Fed is going to be here for longer than they expected in combating inflation to go down to its target range of 2%. So they probably will keep raising interest rates for the foreseeable future. It is going to be depending at whether they'll keep it at a quarter point or raise it to a half a point. So it's to be seen. Um, inflation is still here, though. So 
And Amazon news. So Amazon is reportedly taking half of each sale from its merchants. So let me explain this. So basically during the pandemic, everyone was inside as always. Everyone was inside and we we're all looking to just, you know, purchase. So we're all getting, you know, stores closed down. We're all on lockdown. That's when everyone was ordering online. And what better place to get that from than Amazon with, you know, Amazon's huge marketplace huge variety of sellers. So everyone was looking towards Amazon to sell and in return, Amazon was, you know, operating at basically it's, you know, great, great, greatest profits, bringing in, wreaking in lots of cash. Their business was just booming. Amazon was booming during the pandemic. So with that being the case, they were seeing a lot of, you know, business coming in. However, coming out of the pandemic, obviously we have, now we have stores open, other online marketplaces are back open. And with that being the case, Amazon isn't seeing as much business and growth as they were seeing during the pandemic. And with this being the case, obviously Amazon has its costs as well. So now they've been taking more of the profits from the from their um, merchants the, uh, or, the, or the small businesses who are selling products on their platform, obviously. So it's been reported that Amazon has re been taking an increase in their cut from the sellers and the businesses who sell on Amazon. It's been increased. They've been increasing the cut that they've been taking over the last six years. So for the past six years, they've been taking a greater and greater cut from these on um, from these merchants, from these businesses. So with this being the case, now these businesses are having to evaluate whether it's worth selling on Amazon still. Now, for most businesses, it's still going to be worth it because obviously Amazon has a large, it's one of the, you know, one of the largest corporations and, you know, the a large of many of, of people in the public, they're going to be looking to order stuff from Amazon. So you get your product or get your products on Amazon is going to be available to you're going to get your product in the eye in the eyesight of just many in the public so it's still worth it for many businesses however it's you know getting tougher and tougher with the current economic climate that we're in increasing costs for businesses so Amazon's taking more and more and now businesses are having to reevaluate how they're going to want to move forward with Amazon it's just interesting to see how even the biggest corporations and the biggest companies, how they're being affected by the current economic climate and how they're having to take more from um, people who and businesses who really fund their platform and fund their fund their business. So it's really interesting to see, like I said, Amazon has been taking their a bigger and bigger cut from companies the past six years. Last year, Amazon generated the slowest sales growth in their History. Consumers are more deal conscious than they were during the pandemic. So Amazon merchants are loath to raise prices. That reality, along with steady increase in fees, means many sellers are struggling to make money, prompting some to handle shipping themselves. Obviously, Amazon does offer shipping services, but you do have to pay in order for them to handle your shipping and logistics. So some are looking to see if maybe they could find cheaper ways to ship out their products to their consumers and how they could spend less time to advertise on Amazon's site, obviously, which is also a cut of 
money that they'll have to pay to Amazon. So interesting news for Amazon, interesting news for the merchants. Uh, Amazon, in my opinion, still a great company. There's not too many, there's really not a company that operates on the level and with such efficiency that Amazon offers and does. So if you want to invest in Amazon, again, do your research, do your due diligence. Um, but I do think it is a great company to invest in. And some Tesla news. So Tesla is looking to open some of its EV charging network, some of its superchargers to just more general EV, to more more general EVs, not just Tesla. So a reason why many decide to buy a Tesla is obviously due to its supercharging network, not other EVs, other manufacturer car manufacturers. They're behind on having an EV supercharging network as broad as Amazon. So that is kind of what lures many to go buy a Tesla. Um, however, the White House, the government, they're looking to, you know, push sustainable energy, push EVs in and obviously push gas, gasoline, um, you know, gas cars out. So this being the case, the government's obviously going to be offering incentives, you know, tax write-offs, tax benefits to Tesla. And if, if they could in return, open up some of its charging network, some of its capabilities to other EVs from other um, manufacturers and auto, automobile manufacturers. So Tesla plans to open at least 3,500 new and existing 250 kilowatt charges to drivers of all kinds of EVs by the end of the year, said the White House. The fast chargers can repower cars in about 30 minutes, but those available to any kind of EV are in short supply across U.S. highways and just in many U.S. towns. So Tesla already has a supercharging network of over 17,000 chargers in about six over 1,650 locations. But in the U.S., they aren't available to any other kind of vehicle. So this is why the White House government is trying to push Tesla to open some of its charging network, some of its chargers to other EVs and also have them build new chargers around, you know, schools, highways, stores, apartments all throughout the nation as well. So it's very interesting to see how the government is cooperating, trying to work with Tesla. And obviously they're going to, you know, reward Tesla of, you know, benefits, tax benefits, write-offs or and whatnot. If they could, if Tesla can help fast track having a more broad EV supercharged network for not only Teslas, but other EVs across the sector as well. So very interesting news in Tesla and just the EV space in general. And some Apple news though, Apple's looking to launch their new buy now and pay later service. So it was actually supposed to launch last year. However, they were you know, still working out the kinks um, and how they really wanted to operate and how they really want to release the service out to the public. So obviously, you know, paying in installments, buy now, pay laying, paying later services are becoming more popular over the past couple of years with, you know, increasing costs, inflation on the rise, popular Buy now, pay later services, you know, installment paying services, you know, such as Afterpay, uh, I believe Klarna, Affirm. Those are the three that come to my head that are pretty similar. But Apple is looking to hop into the, I guess, the financial services industry and Apple being, you know, the very specific and cash flowing company that it is. They're obviously sitting on tons of cash. So they're if they're looking to hop in into the financial services in this sector, 
as they're looking to do right now. I think it's a great move by Apple to really just, you know, expand their services. So they're looking, they've been testing out the service to some of its employees. They've been seeing, some of its employees have been seeing that they've been able to make purchases up to $1,000. It hasn't really gone up more than that. So $1,000 and less is apparently what the limit has been in the initial testing phases for the buy now, pay later service for Apple. The program which lets shoppers make purchases and then pay later over installments. I think it'll probably be maybe four to six installments. Um, The offering is part of a broader push into financial services, which isn't seen as a big growth opportunity for the tech giant, but it also one of the, it could also be one of the potential pitfalls if, you know, it's lending money to people in the public who don't have great history. So, but that's going to be one of the aspects of the buy now, pay later service. They're going to be evaluating bars and their spending history and how they paid um, back previous and, you know, the and credit history and whatnot. They're going to be evaluating all of what you could see from other of the most popular buy now, pay later services as well. So loan decisions will consider past spending with apps and devices as well. So it's interesting to see Apple hop potentially hop into the financial services industry in the future and how they will have their rollout, how they will conduct their rollout for this service. But it's interesting news. And we're not done because Apple is also looking to launch one of their mixed reality headsets in two months. So this was also a product that was supposed to come out last year. However, Apple developers have been struggling to see how they will implement device, how they will fully implement the device. It was pushed back from April, last April to June. Apple has not released a new Apple service, an Apple new product line since the Apple Watch in 2015 so that was the last time they introduced a new service and a new product so the most pressing problems that are still being worked for the headset involve the eye and hand control mechanism along with battery life according to bloomberg but it's interesting to see how apple is looking to hop into the mixed reality headset i remember tim cook their ceo had previously downplayed the whole augmented reality, mixed reality, just sector and the whole, just the whole sector and how he wasn't really a believer in it, but it's looking like that has quickly changed and he's looking to push Apple towards that sector. And he says that it's a profound technology that will eventually affect everything. So very interesting news and that Apple is looking to hop into this. Apple is one of those companies that if they see an opportunity in a sector, they're going to hop in. They do their due diligence to the max. And if they see an opportunity that the, you know, the public will eventually want to purchase one of these products and that the, Feature of technology will eventually swift to or towards you know the landscape of maybe augmented reality or a mixed reality headset. They're going to do that. So um, Tim Cook, one of the greatest CEOs, he's looking to push Apple into this sector. So we'll see how Apple decides to conduct their rollout. In some 
Acquisition News, Barstool Sports. The news network, they have been acquired by Penn Entertainment. I did not see this coming. So they've been brought up by the casino operator and entertainment company. The acquisition was completed on Friday. In January 2020, Penn Entertainment, they actually bought a portion of Barstool Sports for $163 million, which was a 36% stake. But obviously, they wanted to, I guess, acquire the, the entire company. And this past Friday, the deal was conducted. The deal was finished. So they acquired and paid $388 million finished for acquiring the rest of the 64% stake in Barstool that they did not already own. So... Shout out to Dave, you know, he really built Barstool from the from the ground up, just expanding and expanding the company into, you know, covering, you know, sports in a, just a great and interesting manner. They have a tons of shows, tons of podcasts, blogs, just on different topics. So it took time for him to build Barstool and the others within Barstool to, you know, make the company what they are today. And they're still growing at a pretty great pace but for them to you know launch barstool i i believe in 20 in 2003 as you know just a, you know basic sports and gambling blog by dave and now and having it evolve into a leading digital player in sports lifestyle and entertainment that's a lot of hard work that went in and you know just kudos to him for being able to build their audience in three years since Penn first invested in the company, they've grown by the audience by 194%. Yeah, this is gold. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to launch this into not necessarily Barstool Sports, but, you know, something of a network. And, you know, it's going to be taking time. So it's definitely motivational to see how they were able, how Dave was able to get his company and get his startup Barstool to one day being able to sell for over $500 million. Like that's, that's goals right there. Um, I thought they would potentially go for more. I was kind of shocked that it only went for, that the sale was really only for 500 or five, around 500, 550 million around that area. But Hey, shout out to kudos to, to Dave. Um, Barstool's, you know, going to continue growing they have over 200 million followers across many platforms they produce and distribute more than 100 shows spanning podcasts videos social media live events and pay-per-view and run a commerce business so hey barstool is fully has their hands over numerous sectors different businesses and avenues so shout out to dave Penn Entertainment, they operate 43 casino and gaming properties in 20 states. So that's just a little bit of information on the company that acquired them. So shout out to Barstool, shout out to Dave. Definitely motivational. Some more acquisition news. NBC is preparing to win back the NBA. So if you guys didn't know, obviously when we were growing up, you know, Gen Zers, even some millennials, millennials, even back then, We've always been accustomed to watching the NBA on basically just like ESPN and TNT. Those are really where we'd be. That's really where we'd be watching the NBA and where the NBA currently has their media broadcasting deals. However, before that, the NBA was actually on NBC. If you guys want to look up footage of, you know, I guess games from like the 2000s. I'm not too sure of when the NBC deal ended, but sure, if you look at 90s games, even some early 2000s, the NBA was actually on NBC. NBC had their broadcasting deals. I guess they didn't want to renew them for the amount that 
the NBA was asking, which their current ESPN and TNT deal, that ends in 2024. And that deal was apparently for $25 billion. However, the NBA is seeking 50 to $75 billion in their next deal. And it's looks looking like NBC wants to hop back and acquire those broadcasting deals. The NBA is one of those sports, one of those leagues that's just gaining in popularity throughout not the only the U.S., but the world. Basketball is just becoming more popular and popular. So NBC is looking to acquire the NBA. So the current deal with ESPN and Turner Sports TNT, that ends in April 20 of 2024. However, the... NBA could waive the right because there currently is an exclusive right deal to where ESPN TNT would have the first offer if they want to renew the deal or offer a new deal. But however, the NBA has a right to waive that right to the point where NBC could offer, you know, whatever they would plan on offering to acquire the broadcasting rights for the NBA. So that's very interesting news. Um, you know, it's just going. We're going to see how much the NBA goes for. How how much these these news channels think the NBA broadcasting rights are worth? Whether it's actually worth between fifty and seventy five billion dollars? Hey, we'll see. But the NBA, hey, it's heating up. We're around All Star break. Let me know how. Let me know how you guys feel about who's going to take the chip this year. You know, I'm a Heat fan, so I'm going to see the Heat. You know how we roll. But hey, NBA season is picking up. The NFL season just. Ended, so it's NBA time now. But, you know, interesting news. And some crypto news. Regulator ha- regulators have ordered crypto firm PAX to stop issuing Binance, the, the stablecoin Binance. So this is just a push by the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, as well as the New York Department of Financial so- Services. They've are cracking down on just the crypto and the crypto sector, the crypto industry. Honestly, you could trace this all the way back to even before the whole FTX scandal. Many regulators, many lawmakers, they were pushing for more regulation within the crypto sector, within the crypto industry. However, it wasn't really taken, I guess, too seriously until the whole FTX scandal and basically the public outcry that they, hey, there needs to be more regulation in this industry. So this is basically what you'll be seeing in the aftermath with just more crackdown on the industry, more, you know, state leg- uh, legislators, you know, or government legislators on the on the federal level just issuing and cracking down the industry saying, oh, OK, we're not going to have this. This coin, uh, stable coin, which is back to one to one by the dollar, um, they're like, no, we gotta cut this off. Then no, Paxos, the firm, crypto, the crypto firm will no longer be able to issue the currency B that is BUSD, known as Binance USD. So they were partnered to launch in 2019 and said the stable coin was approved by New York's financial regulator. However, I guess they're no longer approving the production of more Binance. So that's interesting news. Um, the crypto market was on a bullish uh, gain, specifically Bitcoin. However, it's just been up and down flows in crypto, basically. However, so 
That's just a little bit of a Binance update, crypto update, if you will call it. Some NFL news. Patty Mahomes, two-time champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's That's him. That's baby goat. That's the young goat. So let's go into how he has invested his money. So as you can see, not only... We it's not only average people who invest their money, even the top of the top, the wealthy of the wealthy. They want to make more money. They want to invest their money. So obviously they're investing in their money on a greater scale because they're making more money. But that just shows you that if they're investing into the market, so should you. And if they're making investments, so should you. So let's get into how Patty Mahomes has slowly built his wealth empire. So obviously it started with a 500 million uh, 450 million to 500 million, depending on you know how you want to situate it. So Patrick Mahomes, he was able to sign that 10-year deal with the Chiefs in 2021. He will made over 493 million by the time that contract potentially ends, or 500 million, depending on incentives and goals. That's how the NFL, these NFL deals work. Um, you'll see the label, oh, Patty Mahomes signed for 10 years, $500 million. But we actually have to look into the, you know, the guarantees and if, you know, the incentives and the bonuses that he'll hit in that contract to, fulfill, to actually hit the $500 million, um, the $500 million dollars that you know you'll see in the headline but let's get into how he's made some of his money and some of his endorsements so the nearly two-time super bowl mvp has a lucrative endorsement deals with adidas bozy ea sports oakley biosil and uh, many others so obviously patty mahomes being as recognizable as a face as he was potentially basically the league of the face now that tom brady has retired obviously he has many endorsements coming in forbes estimated that mahomes earned 20 million dollars in endorsements in 2022 mahomes has invested that money in wearable technology company whoop in 2020 when it had a 1.2 billion dollar valuation so he's investing his money into companies the company is now valued at 3.6 billion whoop after a capital raise from softbank corp so he invested into the company at one at 1.2 billion the company is now worth at 3.64 billion so obviously it's not only the amount of money that you invest or that you that you have to that you have to take into consideration when you're in when you're investing but it's more specifically and more importantly it's when you decide to invest in timing is very key when you're deciding to invest and obviously probably greater than the amount so always keep that into consideration as you can see whatever whatever amount of money he decided to invest in the company he definitely already is going to see a increase in, in profit or profits now that that company is invested is valued at 3.6 billion so other whoop investors include kd kevin durant eli manning and larry fitzgerald patty mahomes has said that he likes to invest in things that are he's passionate about and things that he think will help him every day so you guys could take that into consideration when you're deciding to invest he said that he also looks to Emulate billionaire Mark Mark Cuban when it comes to his business and investing portfolio. He also owns a 1% stake in Major League MLB team Kansas City Royal, which is valued at about $12 million. So obviously, Patty Mahomes is doing his due diligence when he's deciding to invest. So should you. This is just more inspiration. If he's investing to the market, so should you. Some UFC news. So, Power Slap. I don't know if you guys have seen that. You have grown men just slapping the life out of each other. 
with like with full force. Like I don't know if you guys have seen the clips of that on TikTok or social media, but I could never, I could never, because you should see the aftermath and the print on these guys' faces after they get slapped at the life out of them. But who actually owns and is putting that together? None other than the man himself, UFC president Dana White. So the first four episodes of Power Slap have averaged a respectable 275,000 viewers. White has also touted that the company has over 1.9 social media followers, especially on TikTok. He says that they're still looking to navigate the whole Power Slap and how they want to have it and build it as a, you know, as a sport and as a business but he says one thing that he does know is that power slap is a hit and if you look at how it's been the numbers and how it's been able to attract viewership not only in the in the u.s but internationally dana obviously sees that he could eventually have power slap become maybe one day as successful and entertaining as UFC. Will it probably ever get there? I don't think so. UFC is just a different, you know, that's a different lane. But again, no one ever thought that UFC would reach its popularity that it has today. No one ever thought that UFC and combat sports and MMA would reach the popularity that it had that it currently has today. But Dana White saw that and the investors that he got, the Ferriata brothers, they saw that there was a potentially a room for growth in MMA and just in combat sports. So no one saw that coming, but he did. So maybe no one really sees Power Slap becoming as a successful or as popular as it could be in the future. But if there's one man who could potentially who could potentially put it together and prove the naysayer and the no say the naysayer is wrong, it's Dana White. And he's basically at it right now. He's trying to turn Power Slap into a very, very profitable and attractable business for the public. So he's basically seeing how they could potentially turn Power Slap into, you know, maybe a pay-per-view event or how they could get it on, you know, maybe like an ESPN or national channels or NBC or whatever network they could potentially get Power Slap on. I do believe it's currently on, the episodes are currently coming out on TBS and you could also find them on Hulu and other network, other streaming networks as well. So Power Slap is very interesting. If you guys haven't ever seen that, you guys should definitely look up some YouTube clips, TikToks. Hey, it's <laughs> them men are different. It's different. Like they're really ugh, all up in your face. But uh, we'll see if Dana's able to get Power Slap to you know that point to where it's basically as popular or maybe almost as popular as UFC. So interesting news. There's apparently been expanded legal betting that has led to a record year in people betting in sports books. So commercial sports betting revenue hit a new all-time high of $7.5 billion in 2022. This is because they've been legalizing sports betting in a plethora of states, including where I'm at, New York. <laughs> sports betting became legal um, last year. So with sports betting becoming legal in more and more states, you're going to be seeing more and more people bet, and it's going to be an up-and-up trend in the amount of people who are betting Year in year out. Hey, if you got a if you got a formula, if you have you know 
some trick to where you're able to, re- if you're you're basically winning on these bets that you're placing every single day, whether it's straight bets, parlays, whatever, you know, you might want to, <laughs> might want to come and you know, come hook your boy up because you know <laughs> that's none of my business, but. If you if you if you one of them if you're one of them you know I'm definitely interested in that because why not but hey you don't want to get into the point where you're you know have an addiction to sports gambling or betting too much on sports gambling you do want to do that very safely and not to the point where you're jeopardizing your savings or anything like that or your or, or a grave amount of your bank account so you don't definitely don't want to fall into that but hey if you're making smart bets i'm definitely interested in that so that's why you just basically been seeing an increase in the amount of people who are betting this year so it's interesting to see that sector and that industry how they've been basically reaping in more and more money (laughs) so interesting news and that is the end of this week's episode of Money Making Markets. Hope the stories and developments that I came out with this week were very interesting. Again, if you guys want me to talk in more in depth about any specific topics, more in depth about any, you know, more any companies or go more in depth regarding whatever it may be. Again, just let me know. Hit me up on any of the socials. Put it in the comments. This is what we're here for. You guys want me to go more in depth about anything? Let me know. Obviously, trying to build this, not trying to overcomplicate anything, trying to keep everything as acquirable and make it as easily understanding, understandingly easy to process as possible. So not trying to overwhelm anybody with some of these terms or just trying to keep everything nice, smooth, and as comprehensible as possible. So, but if you, again, if you guys want some more specifics about anything or want me to touch or introduce any segments, maybe about a stock market, uh, a stock picking or what I think about a specific stock or what I think about a specific company, Put it in the comments. That's what I'm here for, to build and share information. We're not gatekeeping nothing. So, again, interview, I got y'all. I'm not capping. Got one coming the end of this week. That's a special. That's one of them ones. We're going to continuously have people from different sectors, different hustles, different professions. They're going to come in, come in and give you guys some gems on what you could potentially do to get yourself in their career or get, get yourself towards what they're potentially launching. So again, Money Making Markets, episode six. So this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're just building, building, and building. So have a great week. Stay in tune with the markets. Peace. Peace.